Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from Seven Sisters Homeschool.com and brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Sabrina, and I am here by myself today talking about something that gets a lot of question asking on social media. And this is about scheduling, how to go about scheduling a Seven Sisters English Language Arts One Year Bundle. So if you're not familiar with these yet, uh, Seven Sisters offers now English Language Arts for a year in a bundle, everything that you need all in one place. And we have four of these, so they line up neatly with the four years of homeschool high school. We don't have them rigidly set in a particular order because, well, there's not one right way to homeschool high school. So we want you to feel free to adapt our curriculum, as always, to make our resources fit your homeschool's needs. But when you order one of these ELA bundles, it can be a little bit overwhelming when you first look at it because English language arts is a really big, complex credit. You've got the literature portion with literature analysis. You've got vocabulary learning. You have writing of various kinds and you have grammar and you have public speaking. That's a lot, and those pieces can be fit together in a number of different ways. So let me just explain that there, um, first of all, is a suggested syllabus that's made available for free for each of the four one-year bundles for ELA. And so that's an easy way to start. Uh, Go with the suggested syllabus, and if it's not quite what you need, tweak it here and there. But one of the questions that I frequently get is um, how to line up the lit guides with the writing guides. Because each of our literature guides, in addition to having background information and vocabulary and questions to guide the analysis process as the student is reading the book, then there are also suggested writing assignments at the end of most of the guides. Often they call for a short essay or a two to three paragraph personal response. And uh, some of our homeschool parents have reached out and said, okay, wait, this literature guide that we're doing right at the beginning of the school year then suggests that the student write an essay. And we haven't made it through the introduction to essay writing in our writing portion of the year. So how can I assign my kid to write an essay when they haven't learned how to write an essay yet? That's a fair question. It's a good question. And the answer is not all students are at the same point at the beginning of, say, ninth grade. Some of them are already proficient essay writers. It depends on what writing curriculum you used during the middle school years, whether or not essays have already been introduced. It depends on whether your kid is a natural writer who loves to write, who writes a lot, who um, enjoys it and maybe has moved beyond what a lot of other kids at that same grade level might have done. So the level of experience that your student has as a ninth grader is really, really hard for us to predict. And so we want you to feel free to challenge that natural writer in your homeschool to go ahead and write an essay in response to the analysis that they have just completed on that work of literature that they've read. But if your kid is not ready to just jump in and write an essay, then that's okay too. It's a suggested writing assignment, but it's not a required 
writing assignment. So in order to show that that literature guide for, say, To Kill a Mockingbird was completed, you do not have to do the enrichment activities. You don't have to do the suggested writing. If the child has read the book, has worked on learning the vocabulary words that were new to them, and has worked on the thinking that goes into analysis of a piece of literature, that's what happens when they answer the questions as they work through the guide, then if you don't assign an essay as a part of the sort of finishing it up um, part of that assignment, that's okay. They don't have to write that essay. If you want to line up books with the writing guides, for example, if there's a very creative, imaginative book on the lit list for that year, and you want your child to read that book, and then very soon after that, do their short story writing guide, because you want those creative juices to already be flowing before they begin trying to create a short story of their own. That's a great way to, uh, to line things up. So different homeschools, different needs. Um, the most important thing to remember in scheduling all of this is that you want your kid to be challenged, but not intimidated. To continue growing, which means uh, sometimes a little bit uncomfortable and feeling like, oh man, I have a lot I have to read this, this week, or I have a lot I have to write before the end of the week, and it's just a lot. But you know what? Next week is going to be lighter. So it's okay. You don't want to be burning out a high schooler with the reading and writing, because what will happen for many kids is they'll begin to hate reading. And we don't want that. We want our kids to uh, be drawn to reading for the rest of their lives, because that's going to be such a powerful way for them to be lifelong learners. So if we overdo it in the early years in high school, we really stand a chance of causing them to just not want to read anymore. And if we overdo the writing and we require them to write 25 essays before the year is over, and they're not a natural writer and they don't enjoy writing, then what that's going to feel like is, is just drudgery. And they're going to begin churning out um, essays that are not carefully thought through because they don't have time to think them through if they have to get that many done. They'll be turning out essays that look very much like other essays they've written rather than trying a new approach. They will be using the same vocabulary over and over again because they won't have the time and the energy to look for a more interesting way to express uh, the same idea that maybe they've used in another paper. So y you don't want to overload to the point that they're burning out, that they're intimidated, or that they just start creating content like a machine, but not thinking and creating in that process, um, not bringing themselves to the assignment. So reading and writing in balance, right? Not um, too little challenge, but not too much challenge either. Now, another question that we frequently get is how do we schedule these ELA bundles for use in a co-op setting? And for that, I'm going to just tell you how I did it because I taught those bundles for many years in co-op settings. So I have the boots on the ground practice that I can share with you. So what we typically did is had one book for every two to four weeks. 
and there are typically nine or ten lit guides within each bundle, so that works out well for a traditional nine-month academic school year. Um, so some of the books are a little on the short side, some are significantly longer, and that's why we have that sort of wiggle room in there between two and four weeks for each book. I tended to put the heaviest amount of reading on the first week. So if it was a 300-page book, I would have them read 125 pages the first week. Now that sounds like a lot, and it is. It's a lot of reading in one week, especially for a kid who's a bit of a slower reader. But the early portions of the books are typically the ones that have fewer deep questions because the student is just becoming acquainted with the setting and acquainted with the characters and beginning to get some sort of a feel for the theme. Uh, but they're not ready to dive in too deeply yet with the analysis because it takes some time for an author to create uh, enough of a world for the reader that then they can begin to analyze it, right? So there are fewer questions, so it takes less time to stop and answer questions along the way, even though they're reading more pages. Some students would go ahead and do all of the vocabulary there at the start, and that's quite a bit of time. So if you're reading 125 pages, answering whatever questions go with those, and doing all of the vocabulary exercises, maybe that's a lot for that week. But in doing so, the student knows that the next week is going to be significantly less time that is dedicated to the literature portion of their schoolwork. So again, there's, there's some balance there. It doesn't have to be the same amount of work every day or even every week. It's okay for there to be weeks that are heavier and then weeks that are lighter. Once we were into the second week of the reading, then perhaps I would assign 100 pages of reading and there would be no more vocabulary for the students who had done all of it at once rather than doing it as they go along. Either way is okay, but I'm just saying for the kids who wanted to get it out of the way at the front, they could. But that second week, the questions are typically richer, deeper, require more critical thinking, require more use of inferential skills. And so answering those, well, they're very thoughtful questions and they're gonna take some time to answer. So the reading um, assignment is a little bit lighter so that there is more time and energy left for answering the questions. So for a, a rhythm sort of for this, uh, I would say that I would introduce a book and the student in that week one would read perhaps 125 pages, do the vocabulary and answer questions. They would come to class with those questions completed and we would discuss what they had read in the first 125 pages. That next week, week two on that book, they would read another 100 pages and answer those questions. And they would come back to co-op class and we would discuss everything up to that point in the book. Now they've got 75 pages left going into week three, and there are also going to be some sum it up writing response things that I'm going to want them to do. So they're going to finish reading, and they're going to at least make some notes and an outline that's going to aid them in the writing assignment. Some kids would want to go ahead and write their rough draft. And remember, they're only reading 75 pages that last week. Okay, the, the amount of pages assigned is the least amount that we've had so far. So they have more time to think and to work on getting that paper uh, ready to roll. So if they feel comfortable with what they've been um, 
studying as far as the literary analysis part, if they feel solid on what the theme was that they were focusing on, and now the writing question has to do with that theme, and they want to go ahead and write a rough draft, that's wonderful. They should do that. If they're not quite ready to write the rough draft, they certainly can go back through their questions and create an outline and some notes and some page numbers or moments in the story to look back to, um, to use as examples. So when they come to class after week three, they have finished the book, they have made some notes thinking towards synthesizing all of this um, thinking that they've been doing as they read. We then have a class discussion that deals with the book as a whole, and that really leans into things that are going to be helpful to them as they write in response to it. And then I'm introducing the next book that's coming up. So I would give them a five to 10 minute intro um, using the background material in the lit guide as a springboard and get them ready to start reading the next book. So after that class, before they, they come back again, they would be finishing their paper and beginning to read the next book. So the two dovetail that way. And then they would turn their writing assignment into me the next week. Um, so having that that in-between spot there where they could go ahead and write the rough draft before they're now going to have more reading from a different book beginning, that made it really accessible. So that first week is reading heavy, and that last week has a combo of wrapping up the last book with a writing assignment and beginning to read the next book. And that can be a bit of a heavy week. But those two in-between weeks keep the rhythm manageable. So I hope that that helps you if you're, if you're considering using an ELA bundle um, or even one of our lit bundles, just American Lit or Brit Lit or Great Christian Writers or World Lit or um, the Chronicles of Narnia for high schoolers or C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy. All of those are literature bundles that also can be used in your co-ops. And um, if you communicate with your students and let them know that this is going to be the general rhythm that the first week on a new uh, title is going to be a fair amount of work, but then it's going to be a little bit lighter the next week or two. And then they're going to need to work fairly hard as they wrap up that book right in response to it and begin reading the next book. Then they can kind of plan their other things around that. It puts them in a place of partnership where they're sort of taking that ownership for their schoolwork that we want to always be encouraging our teens to take, right? Instead of breaking everything down into micromanagement style supervision, we want to begin encouraging our teens to plan a bit for themselves, to, to be responsible and wise with their use of time. And especially for kids who are college bound, that is going to be critically important for their success in college, that they've learned to take some ownership to do some scheduling, to do some planning, and to understand the rhythm of learning that a course may call for. Because professors are not going to do that for your student. They're, they're not going to hold their hand to that extent. And so some practice with that in high school, where it, there's a, a lot of support around them between co-op teachers and parents, um, that's a great place to practice that and a great place to build confidence for those things. So there you go. ELA bundles, we offer a free suggested syllabus that you can just download and follow. But if you don't want to use that syllabus, if that approach doesn't work for you, and especially if you want to use this in a co-op, 
and you're trying to figure out how to make it fit into your co-op meetings for the year. Hopefully this episode um, was helpful in getting your mind around that establishing a rhythm idea and then communicating that rhythm to your students. And as always, if you have trouble figuring out how you want to tackle something, you can just reach out to us, info at sevensistershomeschool.com. And you can say, hey, I'm trying to figure out what to do with this. And we'll help you figure out how to schedule it. You will hear back from one of the sisters, and uh, we will be more than happy to help you tailor our curriculum to fit your needs. It's really important to us that we are reaching out to your homeschool and we're saying, hey, how can we lend a hand? Because we don't believe in formulas. We homeschooled for way too many years with too many different kids and through too many different seasons of life and unexpected twists and turns. We don't believe in formulas and we are not interested in selling anything to a homeschool family where we're saying, this is the way you should do it. But we are all about linking arms with you and saying, hey, we'd like to help you figure out how you'd like to do homeschool in your high school for your family with their specific needs. And uh, that's the privilege of being your homeschooling big sisters. So don't be shy. Reach out. Hop in there on social media. We have a very active Seven Sisters Homeschool Facebook group. It is a wonderful place to be, and it's where we expand that circle. So you're not just reaching out to the six of us who are your big sisters at sevensistershomeschool.com, but you're also reaching out to all of the other seventh sisters who have enjoyed exploring our curriculum and who are ready to help you solve problems, find inspiration, and where you can all share your stories with one another. Because don't we do well when we learn from each other? So thank you for giving me a little bit of your time today. I hope it was an encouragement and uh, will be a good resource for you as you plan for an upcoming school year. Take good care and we will see you next time. This has been the Homeschool High School Podcast from sevensistershomeschool.com and brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. <laughs>